All right, welcome to the Joe Danier podcast. Today I want to talk about mentors. And I talk about my mentors all the time on social media. And usually it's some kind of nugget of wisdom, some kind of quote or some kind of idea that I post. And I'm looking backward. And at the moment when I received the information, it was impactful. It really did. I kind of trusted it blindly. And I really didn't know how valuable it was until after the fact. And then I realized, like, if I hadn't bought into that gem, then I made a, might have made more selfish decisions. Maybe, you know, I, I consider sort of decision-making either in the, the short-term benefit for, at the consequence of long-term or the short-term consequence with the long-term benefit. And I, I'm sure that I would have made a lot more short-term benefit things, you know, in sort of like eating the future for the sake of the now. Well, first, let me give you the what, what I consider a, a mentor. Uh, pretty much... My philosophy is this, if you if you want to run marathons, you find someone who's doing something that you want to do. So I would find someone who runs marathons all the time, and then I could sit in a room with them and ask them everything they do, not for any other reason than to emulate all of the characteristics that help them become what they are. And then if I do those same things, I don't think that there's much choice. The mathematics adds up that you become a marathon runner. And, you know, I have a tendency to sort of cherry pick the ones that I want to do, the fun ones, and some of the responsible ones, the things that have a little pain to them, those are the ones I'm going to see if I can get away with skipping. And the wisdom is that if I just blindly accept and follow through after the fact, I can reverse engineer what you know, what I picked up or, or why something happened and explain it. It was because of X, Y, Z. And that helps me, you know, let's, let's create a delusion, follow the delusion and then use the sciences to find out what really happened. And then I'm, you know, my, I'm, I'm more complete and I can make better decisions going forward. And a lot of the logic that I got from, you know, run a marathon runner, find out what they do, eat, sleep, rehearse, talk about, hang out with whatever, do all of those things. Like there's some um, things that, sort of like go outside of the realm of become a marathon runner and saying, okay, well, here, here's the secret sauce. And, but I had some bad uh, mentors too. And I consider them bad. This is very subjective because I've, I've been able, no matter who was in front of me, to be able to take some information from. I got some angle on a new piece of wisdom that maybe I had never thought about. And so the the, the two that I could think of that, you know, didn't help me all that much was the the first one that tried to teach me to weigh the value of relationships on what they could do for you. So if you ran across someone, um, you couldn't see the potential on how they can help you. It was likely that that person was going to take rather than give, and you need to exclude those people from your circles. You basically want to find whales in your relationship circles. And, you know, I, I kind of doubted this one from the get-go. I mean, Christian upbringing, I was more of a giver, very charitable, always looking out to help somebody else. And this was counter to that. Like, why is someone going out there and only looking for people to be in their sphere um, because of what they can do for you? And, I mean, it occurred to me that the, the wisdom that I got out of that is so that I can really key in on the people that are in my circles that are that. So it profiled what a person looks like that isn't interested in giving. And some of the, you know, the, cl the, the clues are that if you deprive these early on and some of those um, 
only there to get type of people is that if you could short-term deprive them with the the insight that you do pose some kind of, you know, opportunity, they'll flee. They won't hang around. They won't invest time after they've kind of figured out that you're you're not, you know, sitting on a pot of gold and they want want your gold kind of a thing. So that was number one is to uh, go through relationships and and basically give give numerical values to people who who carry opportunity weight and only hang out with those people. Which mathematically, if you were if you have no soul and you're not really looking to help or contribute or whatever, it's less noble to think about. It, but I bet you it's kind of effective. I bet you there's a lot of salespeople that can use this strategy and it benefits them quite a bit because of just the sheer math of excluding you know net zeros versus and people who have a, a, a potential to, you know, give you gains. So, I mean, it's just evidence enough that if uh, we we do mentoring, like we, we do look forward and, and take people who've been places that we want to go and, you know, kind of glean information from them, that's a really effective. But what about how do you convince people to be a mentor? Like how do we get good people to share with people who have not been there because not everybody's good at it. I mean, if, if, especially if you're a guy, if you've ever worked in a shop where you're an apprentice, um, there's a, there's a whole lot of forging the metal of what you'll tolerate to get the information that you will, that, that you're, that you're after. So if you're in a, in a trade or whatever, uh, there's like hazing and there's, there's a little bit of bullying and there, there's some verbal stuff that you go through just as a, an accepted measure and, uh, you know, I didn't appreciate it when I, when I was growing up and I was like, I was like, why, why are you guys so hard on each other? Why do you mess with that? Why do you trick people? Why do you make them feel terrible about it? And you got these, you know, strong-willed personalities that get super, uh, you know, they, they, they get talented because of this, the, the, the nature of this, uh, you know, recruitment process. But could, I always think like, couldn't it be easier? I mean, could you let somebody in there and just tell them how to, uh, do the job and, and pour into them in a way that wasn't like, you know, spirit breaking. And it's just not, I mean, again, not, not all of you in this listening audience have ever gone through that, but it's, it's all gut wrenching. If you're, if you're a good person and you have to go through it um, now, could it be a filter? Could it be a, a way of keeping, you know, soft people out of an industry? Well, sure. And that's, again, that's sort of like on the other side of it, like that's the worst way, the most um, unintellectual way to, uh, to, to weed people. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe mathematically that's the best way and it's been going on for generations. It's just part of, uh, you know, the building of the human spirit. I, I don't know. I, I just disagree with it with, with, I think it could be, you know, so much easier. So you got one of my mentors that, you know, uh, said be exploitative with people who have things. And then you have a system of mentorship that, you know, makes powerful souls or by the survival of going through the trials of having relationships with people that have the information you need, but are going to, you know, kind of take chunks out of you along the way and make you feel worse about yourself and have less, less confidence and whatever. So I appealed to some of these professionals. I I spoke at a rotary group and I said, Hey, there's going to be some kids that are coming up in the, you know, the professional spaces, either entrepreneurs or, you know, they're just young characters and they need us. They need to hear good professionals help them become marathon runners. That's a metaphor, of, of course. But giving the elements of what made you into a sales professional or a stockbroker or a attorney. And, you know, if, 
if we have good people, like in front of me, if you're at Rotary, you're, you're already kind of bought in to the selfless acts, the, you know, being a community-minded person that's, that's helping the people in the city that, you, you know, that's represented by that Rotary. So you already sort of have a, you know, in that group, you already have an advantage to being a good, good mentor, but I'm not seeing that anymore. I see a lot of people that are using the internet and maybe books and whatever, and they're forging out without proper mentorship of someone who's been there. It's not, and I don't know if they, I'll tell you the next generation that I'm seeing, they really don't like people looking over their shoulder. They don't like being judged by it. They don't like they're, they're not benefiting from having someone watch what they do. And maybe it's because that we've been too, harsh with people who get vulnerable and say, I need a little bit of help. And we've been mean to them. And so they're like, F you, I'll just go to the internet and find what I need to do. And I'll go trial it out myself. The problem with that is there's a whole lot of gap between um, knowing and doing. And for, for um, most of them, they're going to have this learning curve where it's going to be a little harder to do it all yourself because you can be saved from making the mistakes that in your profession have been made a million times by talking to somebody who could say, hold up, early on, pretty much don't do this. This is an awful way of doing it. I tried it. It was stupid. It was a waste of time and, you know, and whatnot. And I think that with that connection with people who are doing it, you take a little bit of a shortcut on, you know, the wisdom that can be imparted on you without the pain that comes along with originally, you know, planting, you know, planting that wisdom. So I want to, uh, you know, assure the next generation that there are professionals out there willing to, you know, to speak with them and to help them to get going. And I want to beg the professionals out there, if you're a good person, we need you. We need your mentorship to spend a couple hours every week on finding someone who is where you were when you first started and try to impart some of that wisdom you know, in, into their brains and maybe, you know, and, and even if you're so, so, and I think a lot of this is a confidence of the professional, uh, in my studio, I have musicians and people in theater actors and whatnot. And when I talk to them, there's this thing called an imposter. Um, what, what do they call it? An imposter something or other. It's basically you're a guitarist and you're ripping on your guitar and, um, you have a cheering audience that thinks you are way better than you actually are. And so you feel like an imposter on your own stage because you are looking at the mess-ups and you're looking at the imperfections. I had an actress say that she went to her own premiere and she looked on the, the screen. Everybody else enjoyed the movie and she could not take eyes off of her imperfections. When she went into a you know close-up on the screen, she was paying attention to things that were wrong and everybody in the audience were freaking oblivious to anything that was wrong. And so being an imposter in, you know, in that profession very understandable but what about if you are a stockbroker and you don't maybe you're just a regular stockbroker you're not something impressive so how dare you go and try to teach somebody else who to become a stockbroker well here's the thing the profession of being a stockbroker is not what's most needed by the people that would mentor under you right and the struggles of becoming to a point where you're confident in doing your thing is when you're making that climb you know, we already know that being the stockbroker is not what you want to shortcut through. It's basically taking and, and surviving it and being the best person along the way so that you don't get broken by the process of becoming. So, you know, when we use the, the marathon runner metaphor again, uh, you know, everybody knows the once you know that the goal is I want to be a marathon runner. Now we're talking about things, the things that you eat and the things that you think about and the people that you hang out with. 
because all of these small segments of what it takes to be a marathon runner, when they are added together, equal marathon runner. But it's the small things, the one that don't have a direct uh, benefit. Like you can't say that I'm going to go eat a salad today and I'm going to be a marathon runner. But it might be something that what you eat is directly connected to it with the aggregate of a bunch of 100 other uh, you know, a hundred other parts. And that's what's important is to, you know, dissect what you did, how you got there, take the segments that you absolutely needed to go through and talk about the development of those things that create a foundation underneath what these people want to do. Don't preach the the practice, right? Preach the journey to get to that practice where you feel confident in your deal. And that's what I, you know, in front of these Uh, people at the Rotary, like that was my invitation to start being on the lookout for people around you that need you. It doesn't help you once you're in front of them to not, or or to give them something of value, some part, some kind of wisdom on them. But it's, it was super important. I think everybody that's in, you know, in my capacity, public speaking, working with other people, doing networking, we, we constantly talk about the people that influenced us, the people personally, people in family, people in your community, authors, famous people, whatever, all of these influences, we adopted certain parts parts of it, put it into our souls, and it built us to who we are now. So that's uh, those of you in the listening audience, I want you to be both. I want those of you who are early on in your, you know, your pursuit, find some really good, lots of different types of mentors. Don't just do one, do tons of them. And you in the professional world, make sure you're open to it and are willing to help somebody that's coming up and kind of have some focus now on to best help them. All right, this is the Joe Danier Podcast.